Have fun. Good evening and welcome back to another edition of Beyond the Backstage Pass. I am your host, Vince Edwards. You may know me from Sound Image Productions. I also have a couple closed roadie groups on Facebook. <laughs> Tongue twister. Called Death by Loadout and the Backstage Pass. Come check us out. With me this evening is my dear, dear, good friend and co-host, Kyle Thomas. How are you, Kyle Thomas? Great, man. Another day, another dog biscuit. Oh, man. Did you get your dog biscuits today? I sure hope so. We cleaned this place to a T. <laughs> I think we should tell the people that there was a need of this cleaning. Yeah, so apparently yeah. after 10 shows, uh, yeah. cables build up when you don't remove them. So. Yeah, yeah, it, it looked like, <laughs> it looked like a, spaghetti, a spaghetti factory had blown up. A little bit. It was nutty, man. It was a friggin' a trip hazard pretty much for, I don't know, 2,000 square feet. It was pretty great. Yeah, it feels good, though, dusting off cases, getting things ready to be on, Yeah, start moving again. Yeah, we've been seeing a lot of action, a lot of uh, movement in the business. A lot of our friends on the on our groups are spouting about, hey, I just picked up a gig in a no, the beer just, I think, came back from Florida.
fun a- anecdote about the, the late princess was that um, this explains my upbringing. The day she died, they canceled Hogan's Heroes to air oh, the that's, news. That's, that's rough. Oh, yeah. That is rough. Big time rough. I was actually just talking about this with my colleague today about need to get some Hogan's Heroes in front of my kids. As Vinny would say, you're not wrong. Yeah, the, it's funny because, uh, you know, Hogan himself had a very colorful history, man. I know if you, you said he made, there's a movie about him with Greg Kinnear. You might want to check it out. It's called Autofocus. Right. It's insane, the shit that that guy was doing when he wasn't filming. All right, are we on right now? We are live, Jeremiah Kern. Let me get right back to you. And by the way, will you put something in my middle screen, Mikey? I'm not, I got nothing. Thank you, baby. All right, peoples, we're back live. That's what they're telling me. We apologize for any interruption here. It's a goddamn live show, you know. We just tore the whole building what apart. What a venture, huh? Yeah. That's cool. You well, know, after 48 shows and, like, busting ass all day, I definitely wanted to go for a run. Yeah, quick, so. yeah, yeah. It, it, it wanted to do Shit what it happens. wanted to it's do. It's technology. So. What's that? Fucking Thank you, buddy. Well, here we are. Yeah, okay, we're here back. Here we are. We're back. <laughs> We're sorry, guys. You know, it's it's a live show. It does what it does. And uh, like you said, after, what, 47, 48 shows, um, that's the first time we've had that problem. So we appreciate you guys hanging on, whoever yeah. still may be out there. And um, and let's get right to it. Now, I wanted to speak real quick about uh, our, our director's band. He put out a new album that's extraordinary. Yeah, the it was super is- solid. Uh, the band's called Arsa. It's yeah, Celtic... Celtic death metal band. You yeah. can check them out on Spotify. They just uh, released a new album. It's fucking badass. Yeah, like it's ridiculous, you guys. He's the drummer for the band, and um, he's our our director, our executive producer, and an extraordinary mix engineer. But uh, but as a drummer, my God, it, I don't know. How to, it's like Swiss watch. I don't shit. know how his feet don't catch. On yeah, it's it's seriously. nuts. It's like it's really nuts. It's it's incredibly well done, and he's an extraordinary drummer. And if you like fast, strong heavy metal. Uh, check out Arsa on Spotify, iTunes, and places wherever you get music. Yeah, yeah. Super. Well, let me tell you, fuck yeah. what I have to say because we need to get to this guest. Can you? Can you just? I'm it, shushing. I'm right, gonna. I'm right. going to, to my not get my dog biscuits today, so it's all right. You didn't do nothing wrong. It's all Mike, right. You didn't do nothing wrong. We no took. A, we tore out a hundred cables out of this but son of bitch. Out of out of forty seven shows, forty eight. Yeah. We haven't fucked up. That's never happened. Remember the time so I dropped my mic. Well, other than dropping your mic, that was just funny. <laughs> <laughs> Went down the back of my jacket, and we're like, I'm like undressing on TV. It was awesome. Anyways, that shit's going to happen. Life in the big city, what are you going to do? Listen, I've been very lucky, and, and our guest has been very patient with us tonight, and, and you that who may still be watching, thank you for being patient with us. Well, we have an extraordinary guest with us tonight. It's a friend of ours from the great Adamson Systems. He's extraordinary systems engineering. They're one of my favorite manufacturers in the world. They have some of the sweetest uh, loudspeaker systems that are out there. Really extraordinary. He started, he came up in uh, rural er, uh, Australia. He worked the whole sound gigs there, you know, small clubs. Made his way across the pond. Somehow made it over into Canada. He tricked some girl into falling in love with him. He got a cool ass job with Brock Adamson. He's extraordinary cat. He's, he goes out and does, uh, you know, it gets all the systems right for bands like The Who and Queens of Stone Age, some of my favorite bands. And we were lucky enough to have him with us tonight. It's the one. It's the only. It's it's Jeremiah Kearney. How you doing, my brother? Thanks so much for having me. It's been an absolute pleasure, on and off screen. <laughs> we, we've been hanging out for like an hour. Yeah, this, is, this is all I wanted. We just, we'll, we'll, we'll turn the broadcast off again. We're just hanging. 
You've been very patient with us. Thank you, Jeremiah. We really, really do appreciate it. And we're really grateful oh, to you. have you on the show. It's been a minute since I saw you last. You were in here training nice. up my crew to, to fly one of your Adamson systems we own. But I think went out uh, in that case for, with an Imagine Dragons tour for a really long run. It was like a six. It did. It was gone run. for a while. Yeah, yeah. And everybody loves your rigs. You know, you guys have some of the best stuff. But let's we'll get into that in a second. Let me ask you how you've been keeping yourself busy during this this last year. Uh, you've been growing well, hair. I mean, that's for sure. Well, yeah. So I mean, my biggest achievement, as I said, was growing <laughs> growing my hair. Out. I had shaved sides <laughs> a year ago, and yeah. now I have. Uh, yeah. Shaggy DA. Quite, quite. Well, you know, I wanted the audio guy ponytail. Oh, God, don't Next do that. Next up is stonewashed jeans and uh, some white white New Balances. I'll tell you what, if I catch you, if I catch you out like that, I'm coming <laughs> to Canada and I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to correct you. I won't let you do that to yourself. You're too good of a man. I can't have that. You, it's just not, I just don't picture you that way. No, <laughs> yeah, right? No, man, that look, yeah. you're rocking it hard. I was telling you that earlier. I'm not kidding. You know, some people can pull it off. You're making that work. That's very cool. Yeah, I'm... Just decided to go full hippie while we uh, while we wait to getting back to do some shows. Uh, so you know when we when when it hit a year ago, we went into uh, just like you're doing now webinar mode. We I think we burnt out a little early. I think a lot of the uh, the manufacturers did. We went pretty hard in the first six months, and then uh, kind of took our foot off the gas a little bit and like let you guys take over with much more interesting content than just listening to someone drivel on about things that were uh, not necessarily things that were going to be put in practice for a little while. And yeah. uh, I kind of focused my energy on a drawing and uh, all these projects that I kind of had to put aside when I was traveling, you know, every other week. Sure, sure. Pre-pandemic. So, yeah, it's, well, it's being busy. It's it's interesting, that's for sure. <laughs> well, you know, I, so so that people know, you do travel quite when when we're working in life's normal. Yeah. You know, Adamson sends you around the world. How do you like traveling? Yeah. You a big fan? Uh, yeah. Well, I mean, I, I forgot what it's like, first off. But yeah, I did. You know, like the, the year of 2019, I guess it would have been. Yeah. I think I was gone every other week for a week. And, you know, like, uh, so, if, I mean, since I've been at Adamson, I've been everywhere from back home to Australia, all through Europe. I mean, Asia I haven't really hit too much yet, but that was kind of on the plan for 2020. Sure. So yeah, you know, and it's quite a mix, you know. And uh, you know, I was joking. I'm I'm a little ADHD, so I like to I like to do different things every day. Yeah. And the travel definitely kept that. You know. Interesting. Yeah. Yeah. So. It's very interesting. It's like one day you're training someone, the next day you're standing in a suit and tie on a boot booth at a trade show somewhere <laughs> trying to stay awake yeah, yeah. You know, and then the next day you're like you know head in a rack fixing something that you didn't you know that wasn't necessarily related to a system that you put in there so right right yeah no i know that, that, that you uh, travel quite a bit how's it on the you know i was talking with toby francis recently a sweetheart of a man he's uh, he's kind of notorious uh, infamous incredible mix engineer for kiss and all these other bands and, yeah. and he was talking about and he's going to come on the show and we were talking about you know the toll that the the industry can take on relationships with all the traveling. How's it? How do you find that? Is it a problem in your world? Oh, I don't think we have long enough. <laughs> <laughs> I know my kids have seen me more than they have in most of their entire life, and I know a lot of people have gone through that. Yeah. Um, so you know, it's been really good on that side of things. You know, that's it's the blessing in disguise of being able to, you know, spend uh, a lot of time watching those little guys grow. But then, you know, then there's the, you know, working full time and then still having them at school from home for a few months at the beginning of the year and a bit of last year. So, you know, it gets pretty tense, man. Oh, yeah. Pretty tense. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's, um, like, 
can Gotta take the brakes. I picked up running. That's my, that's been my break, you know, in the winter in the snow. Yeah, you you mentioned you went out running house. today. It was like thirty degrees when you were out running. Oh yeah, it's cold. Yeah, got to do it, man. Yeah, I think that fresh air is what's going to keep you going. Yeah, good for you, man. Good for you. Um, let me, you know, here at the show, we're we're interested in the origin story. You know, I, I kind of uh, dug around a little bit there in the intro of how you got into it, but can you can you fill that in a little bit? How you got in the business? How do you want? How far do you want to go back? Because I mean, well, let's not me, get too music, far in the weeds, baby. Well, no. <laughs> let me let me paraphrase. <laughs> yeah. So it all started when I was born. No, uh, no I mean, I've I've always been into music. I mean, you talk to my parents uh, who are still in Australia, and they'll tell you from a very young age, music has always been my passion. And I don't play music much anymore, um, but I did through school. But it all started when I went to university, like straight out of high school, uh-huh. and that was when I kind of realized that. I wasn't going to make it as a musician. I just didn't have the chops. I didn't have the, you know, ability to sit in the room for, you know, eight to 12 hours a day, just playing the one lick over and over again on a guitar. Yeah. Yeah. It can be a little uh, repetitive. Yeah, I know. I mean, even, and you know, I went in and studied uh, music production, which is, I guess, studio based course. And even that sitting in a studio didn't quite cut it for me. I, I picked up random gigs working for uh the guy who ran the the PA system at the university bar. Oh, uh-huh. I worked I worked for him like two or three nights a week for beer and pizza, man, yeah. for a year or two. That sounds like a familiar yeah. story for sure. Oh yeah, and and, yeah. and that's the thing. It's like it, it was never about money. It was always about experience. So, you know, that's kind of like been my go-to through life. You know, that's where it started, and was gigging probably by like nineteen or twenty like pay, well-paid gigs. It kind of like spiraled from there. Very cool. Wild grew. I don't know. It's, it went one way. Yeah, yeah. Well, <laughs> keep going. Yeah, it's definitely fair to say it grew. I mean, you know, I know there was other steps between that and landing with Brock. But let's talk about Brock Aniston. I mean, he's you know he's a he's a pioneer. He's he's extraordinary. Uh, you know, absolutely brilliant. Uh, yeah, brilliant engineer, uh, manufacturer. Uh, what's it like working with Brock Aniston? I, I, I got in trouble the other day because I couldn't keep up with the with the conversation. Uh. <laughs> and i mean that's on me you know like you, you want to you keep up and and you're going places that you yeah, know be fine. through working with for him uh, i've had so many opportunities that i never would have gotten in my life and yeah. i'm so grateful for that and you know <clears throat> as much as he makes fun of me for occasionally dropping into the office on a friday afternoon for a glass of wine <laughs> uh, it's worth every 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 minute of it you know? Yeah, I can imagine. Yeah, it's uh, it's a special place. I mean, that as a manufacturer, they're one of the uh, again. You guys are you know have a, a very strong reputation in the industry as one of the one of the boutique manufacturers that makes an extraordinary product. You know, we 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 have some like any engineers. We have uh, you know some of our favorites, and we were just mentioning to you how we just used one of your systems uh, in here for a seed show we put on yeah. over the last weekend, and we whipped out your M12s for the. Uh, for the wedges, and uh, I swear those things every time, man, they just flawless. You know, yeah. they're just perfect. It's a really great yeah. system. I mean, I started off as a monitor engineer in, in some regards before I got into system tuning and system taking. And I remember a couple of times rolling through on a tour and getting those and being really grateful because I knew I was going to have a good gig and yeah. everyone was going to be happy. Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. Now, at your at your job with uh, Adamson, I think it's it's hard to nail down with a title what exactly you do, but the title that you've been given is Applications Engineer. What does an Applications Engineer for Adamson do? 
Well, <clears throat> I mean, I've actually kind of stepped up a little bit in the sense that I'm managing a team of apps people, or mm-hmm. I'd, I'd actually more say I'm collaborating with now because um, I've got some great colleagues that I work with. But what we do is we're the we're pre-sales support is one way of putting it, but yeah. we're also the problem solvers. You know? Yeah. Like, we know we know and we know the arsenal of equipment that we have and how it works with everything else, and we recommend the best ways of how it works together. But then you know a lot of it's troubleshooting, sure. Yeah? And being able to diagnose stuff without being in front of it is always a fun challenge, you know. Yeah, priceless uh, so, thing though. Yeah, I mean that's the thing. It's like <clears throat> you know, you get me on the phone. And it's like twenty questions straight away. It's like I'm going to ask you twenty questions. <laughs> I'm going to need you to answer all of them because <laughs> that way I can place myself next to you in the room virtually, you know, but you know, so there's, it's a little bit of everything. Sure. Um, you know, like there's a lot of, I mean, I would say that the biggest part of the job is system design. So, yeah. And, I can imagine. But it, and again, if you're like me and you work in the factory <clears throat> and like some of the, the stuff that we have around the world, I mean, I've done everything from building the first hundred S tens off the line to, you know, Testing things and blowing things up, you know. I, it's it's it's. Like, I'm like a kid in a candy store there. I was gonna say that that last part sounds kind of fun, actually. Yeah, man. <laughs> Sitting a dust I'm cover across the cool across the warehouse, you know, just launch a dust cover across. Super fun. Oh, yeah. Um, yeah. I, I remember when they put the handles on the back of the S10. They were like, "What do you think of these handles?" And I was like, "Wheel the cart of S10s to the doorway and just slam it into the doorway." Then again, a break. First go. <laughs> New handles. <laughs> so the so way you find out the real, real. Oh, yeah. You know, you put them in the, in the true life action, you know, and out in the field kind of test. Yeah. No, that's... My, my counterpart at DMB, uh, he he always made the joke that we're there to break the stuff. Yeah, that's and right. tell people how not to break it. Yeah, yeah. And and then come along later and fix some shit, too, once in a while. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. That's definitely in your in your trick bag, for sure. I know you've done that for us many times. Uh, I noticed I was digging around in Adams and stuff, and then I noticed you guys just, uh, you're putting out your first powered speakers, the CES series. Yeah, What's we it? put that out. It, well, I mean, here's the thing. You launch something in the middle of a pandemic, and you're not really certain how it's going to go. But sure, um, th- it's a really interesting product in the sense that it's, uh, a culmination of over a decade's worth of uh, concept and testing and ideas that have all come together, and they've been tested for a really, really long time. Well, ten years <laughs> and in they're still being tested to a certain degree. Sure, uh, for for the, some of the customers that have actually been uh, using them so far. Mm-hmm. But it, you know, it's really interesting to see, and it's you know, the ooh. feedback good. Oh, great! Yeah, great stuff. I mean, the thing is, is like, you know, when you design something from scratch, it does exactly what you want it to do. Yeah, and uh, sure. yeah, that, that's, that's been the most interesting thing to see. Yeah, kind of priceless. Definitely. Talk to us yeah. about you working with the legendary band, The Who. I guess you go out once in a while and tighten up the rig. Yeah, I mean, I, I had the... Well, it's, it's a funny story because um, I remember when I first... So I know of the engineers from that from different kind of things and i always thought it was a bit untouchable in the sense that first off it was a claire account and then it was an eighth day account and it was always dnb thing and then sure you know i got into a conversation with the system engineer on that and one day he's like mate i really would like robert to try the e15 we had it a couple of times on a festival we really liked it yeah can you help us out and you know i went along really as a comfort thing you know the system techs that they had on that gig were all very well versed and you know shout out to ben smith who's watching and chopper and those guys they do fantastic work um 
but you know, like when someone takes something new for the first time, when they're changing up something in their flavor, mm-hmm. uh, you know, it's, it's always a confidence thing to know that there's someone there to catch them if they fall. And, you know, first shows went off, I mean, technically without a hitch, I know the band were probably struggling a bit. Um, you know, they, they did some new things on that tour. It was, you know, they were bringing an orchestra out for the first time and they needed something that had a lot of rear rejection. And, um, you know, they were really surprised. They maybe designed this system that had cardioid subs. And I think they lasted about a week before they turned them all around because, uh, Pete actually complained that it was too quiet behind the piano. <laughs> so, you know, like, it, you know, it was really fun like that. Um, I got to see them at Madison Square, actually stood beside Pab and Cosmo. Okay. For that show, that was, that was a good one. Yeah, that had and, to be fun. Uh, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. So, you know, I, but, uh, yeah, really, it's just a confidence thing. and go hang out with some mates, fly some PA, because I love flying PA. And yeah, you do. Listen to some cool-ass tunes, man. Yeah, now they're they're legends in the game for sure. Last oh, time yeah. I saw you, we were we were doing a class in here for some of the kids to, like we mentioned, to fly uh, one of the one of your systems. You know, we we're getting them all checked out, and yeah, make sure they were good to go so they wouldn't kill anybody. And um, you dialed them in, and I was talking to you, and you were on your way. You were leaving us to run out and go tighten up one of the the European acts, Sean Mendez, which I guess is a big deal, right? He puts asses he- in seats. Yeah, he, he was a he's a young kid from Canada. Like he grew is that, up, is that what you know, from? like um, yeah, man, he grew up a mile from where I'm sitting right now. No kidding. Um, and yeah, the young guy who was mixing that, Tom, had been teching in a venue that I just put a PA in, and we met and had a chat about it. And he was he wanted some advice on what to listen to and stuff like that. So we ended up taking that this rig, and I actually got the pleasure of going and spending a week or so with uh with him at rough lidits and then do the first couple of runs of shows with that and then kind of just like let them out on their own and they had a great time yeah Um, i remember that being a very successful tour it was i mean you win some you lose some because a couple of tours later they went to claire but uh we'll see we'll see what happens when uh i know we'll see what happens when Turing comes back you know yeah hopefully they'll swing back around to the logical side of good but yeah you you can't you can't you know, it's it's hard to talk shit on Claire. I mean, they do they they're very good at what they do, and they you know yeah provide. I mean, I've, I've I've done a little time there, so uh, yeah, I know this. <laughs> my, yeah. my experience, but you know, it's we'll see. But yeah, I mean, the tours that I did with with those guys were a lot of fun, and uh, you know, they were the tours that really broke him from being a support act with Taylor to being his own thing. Getting, I mean. I was right there when he did his first MSG gig uh-huh. and he standing out. in front of house. He came out and said hello. Yeah. A couple of nights there, a couple of nights in Toronto, like really big gigs. And that was, you know, it was nice to see this, you know, really lovely kid, yeah. both Sean and Tom, the sure. front of house guy, yeah, yeah. Uh, you know, blossom into very successful people. And, you know, it's fun to watch them keep going. I actually spoke to Tom, you know, just a minute ago wow. about, uh, you know, what it costs to buy a second-hand Bricassi, but uh, that's uh, a different story. <laughs> <laughs> Hope you sorted that for him. Uh, <laughs> I know you used to mix, or I think you did Mons for a broken social scene. What was that like? Uh, pure hell. Not a good thing. Oh, no. I mean, here's the thing. It's, it was a lot of fun. Yeah. But there were moments that were scary as hell, man. I mean, you never know who's going to be on stage. I mean, when you hit it, when you hit your stride with a tour and it's the same guy's guys and gals every day yeah that got a little easier 
But I mean, I, I learned so much doing that. Like every night, like eight wedge mixes, two ears mixes, side fills on completely different gear every night. Oh, so you were, you were working. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. And I was, back, I was part-time backline tech. I did drums and keys on that as well. Oh, okay. Covering well, very little money. <laughs> yeah, it sounds like you <laughs> But I took the experience, man. It yeah. was a lot. Yeah, that's priceless in its own right. But it, it yeah. sounds like they had you on your toes for sure. Yeah. That's a great band. Yeah, I, I mean, I still see and speak to all those guys. Uh, you know, part of they're all part of the family, really. So, uh, you know, I don't have to work with them, so it's not my problem anymore. <laughs> <laughs> well said, <laughs> definitely well said. Yeah. Uh, I, I know you did some time over in the, in the giant Bonnaroo world. What was that about? Uh, well, I mean, again, that's that was like a bit of customer support because we had um, uh, one of our large customers who do that. E15 on the festival for a couple of years running mm -hmm. and you know it was a bit it was big and new for them so they wanted uh, again that that comfort factor of knowing that that a that there's someone there if because their engineers were relatively new to the system but also having a lot of touring engineers coming through and kind of gauging their reaction and sure. you know, doing a little bit of customer care on that but I mean I met so many fun people now I mean I met Kenny Kaiser and you know so many people that I call good friends now that yeah, too many to list and saw some great music, you know, I've yeah, got absolutely. to see a lot of like my favorite bands on that, but it's yeah, it was fun show. putting a PA up and watching it for, for a week and yeah, seeing the range of different musics on it. Yeah. And that was the feedback from the visiting engineers. I mean, it's always really positive, you know, like, yeah. uh, but then again, you know, like I'm wearing the company shirt, so you never know if people are like going to be too nice to you because you're there or, you know, but there's, there's always honest feedback. Good. Um, it, it feels like a distant memory right now. <laughs> yeah, right. I'm, I'm gonna sure. lie. <laughs> I'm, sure, I'm sure. It's funny you mentioned the company shirts the last time we were here, and this is a couple years back now. Um, you yeah. brought some swag, like you know, like, oh, yeah. like a good, good manufacturer good does. And um, and I've got a lot of swag. I mean, I've got a life full of swag. It's just, it's kind of ridiculous, actually. Your shirt for the way it fits and the look is I, I kind yeah. of I'm kind of for the most part don't wear a lot of swag. But I actually love your shirts. The Adamson System Engineering shirts that you brought. I actually those wing shit. Yeah, those yeah. were those were sweet. And I, I I almost reached back out to you. I think I deaded one by accident or something. You know, burned it or something, stained it. <laughs> and I almost called you up. It was like I was going to call you up and say, Jeremiah, save me, buddy. Send me some more shirts. But I, I you know what? I controlled myself. I didn't do it. But I really love you your shirts. Coming in the mail. <laughs> You're very sweet. You're very sweet. That's a double XL. I put on a few pounds. Yeah, you got it. <laughs> This 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 COVID thing has not been good to me. <laughs> got, got a lot more round, a little rotund. Right. But I'm working on it. I'm working on it. But yeah. I haven't stepped up to the running in 30 degrees thing yet. But um, you know, <laughs> maybe not for everyone. That's for sure. Yeah, yeah. It's very impressive, by the way. The, the whole you know, getting out there and getting your run on, and especially with the weather <laughs> up in your your neck of the woods up in Toronto. It's I can only imagine. That's that's yeah. I would think you're probably trying to run from the weather a little bit. <laughs> a little bit. <laughs> See if you can. I mean, I make it to the border and they turn me around and send me back. So. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe with the new leadership, we'll, we'll be yeah, cool right. just coming through, you know. Next one's to kayak across Lake Ontario, a covert <laughs> operation to get, get in. <laughs> I'll meet you on the other side, man. We'll go have a yeah. drink. It'll be fun. So I know you write some of the training manuals for Adamson. What's the process with writing a training manual for Adamson? <clears throat> well, I can tie two stories together here because okay. when I, I was kind of, 
when I started, there was a lot of previous training material that didn't make sense at the time. So mm-hmm. I was tasked with the job of kind of cleaning it up. And I kind of sat with it all in front of me, just not knowing what to do. And then I went out and did that Sean Mendes thing and got, you know, the end user's perspective on how it all fits together. Mm-hmm. And I got home and I sat down for about two weeks straight and wrote a course. And, you know, I swore as a kid that I come from a family of teachers that I'd never become a teacher and then yet here I am. Um, but, you know, like it's, it's just, like training's one of those fun things that it's finding something that's complicated, yeah. making it simple, and then finding the middle ground where it sticks. And, uh, you know, so it's fun, you know, and then tying in like different things like finding ways of drawing pictures and diagrams to make them fun and, and interesting and sure it, it's 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 become a labor of love and you know uh i think i wrote my first user manual within two years of being at adamson and then uh the user manuals are kind of spread amongst a, a group of us but you know it's nice to kind of have that you know brush stroke in a lot of the training material from this point forward it's, it's oh, kind of fun yeah absolutely and you say you make some of the kind of at a glance diagrams you make those yourself yeah i mean uh <clears throat> One of the few things that I've been working on over the last month and a half is actually SketchUp drawings for the company. Oh, wow. Um, because it's it's easier to in-house it, but it, it became one of my passions of these like dioramas and, and being able to explain how systems go together. Being a kid who just loved Lego yeah. and building, like, I mean, even at the age of like 10, I was building stages and PA stacks and stuff <laughs> uh, out of Lego sets. That's awesome. You know, being able to take a tool, like a 3D drawing tool like SketchUp and be able to explain a point mm-hmm. you know and it's a mix between like prediction software drawing software in uh, sketchup and all that kind of stuff and then finding ways of making it look really cool and uh, it's like editing a, editing a kick drum for an hour yeah imagine that but doing it for an animation okay so, yeah. <laughs> it's 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 it gets broken down into lots of little pieces but you know sure it, it's it's yeah it's fun kind of like you're working on these little mic- microscopic pit- bits of a larger picture, and then then bring it all the together. Picture is what, yeah, and then the larger pe- picture is what people see. But sure, you know, for me, I'm still looking at all the little like slices, yeah, you know, yeah. all the frames. Well, you're a details guy. I, I notice when you teach, you have a kind of a, a unique um, <laughs> passion threshold, uh, pa- or, 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 excuse me, patience threshold. You know, you're very right. you're a very patient teacher. I, I know when we had last training with you in here, we had a couple of knuckleheads asking some straight up stupid questions, and you handled it like a pro. It was, it was very impressive. <laughs> I, I reach out and smack somebody on the back of the head. I'm pretty. <laughs> uh, I mean, I, I so I'm I'm incredibly nervous talking in front of people, um, and 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 one of the things is overcoming that. And like I've got this new ritual, and I say I do it now because it's part of the joke, you know, like. The first thing I say to people at the beginning of any presentation is, first and foremost, I hate speaking in public. All right, that's over with. I'm good now. I can talk. Yeah. I can talk for like two days straight and not stop. But then the second thing is kind of a bit of fun. It's like in all systems, 90% of all problems in every system are people and cables. Yeah. 90% of that 90% is people. Yeah. <laughs> and I say myself is included in that because okay. we all make mistakes. And in that training environment, that's where you want to make the mistakes. That way, that's where you want people that you're training to make those mistakes 
because that's what you learn, right? I mean, mm-hmm. we didn't get here. I mean, people didn't figure out what to eat without making the mistake of oh, yeah. eating the wrong thing first. So that's correct. You know, it's 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 finding that comfort level and, and being able to foster that environment. Yeah, and you know, make a little fun of yourself so you you know you don't want to elevate yourself to think for people to think you're the only person that knows everything. It's like everyone makes mistakes. I mean, sure, that's every right. single part of the training course is ever written was part of a mistake. Yeah, that's a good point. That's really yeah. true. Yeah. Do you get into the integration side of your company's business? I, I think you went out and did something for Sony Center. Do you do installs? Uh, well, I mean, I design, I've designed a lot of systems for people. Uh-huh. Thankfully, I don't actually have to go and uh, pull cables through conduit or uh, do much in the you know, rigging department other than you know, pinning some speakers together. But sure. Uh, a lot of design work, and and that's that's really fun because you've got to you know the design work's fun because you've got to really listen to to what people want and need, and it's meeting that expectation in a, in the best way possible. Yeah, yeah, that makes perfect sense. Uh, again, you you mentioned you had a trouble with. I've never seen that. I mean, I always thought you were just friggin' Johnny on it. You know, the way you, <laughs> not really kind of the way you command a room is is pretty pretty neat. And, you know, people respect what you got to say, and, and you seem to be right on task. So I, I, I think you got that kind of nailed. But, you know, we all got that inner monologue that's, you know, oh, yeah. Yeah, telling us certain things that aren't beneficial to our, our <laughs> ongoing concerns. Uh, you worked with Queens of the Stone Age. Now, this is a band I go way back with uh, 1999, I want to say. And a big fan. Big, uh, it's not, I'm not really a fan guy, but that's a band that I absolutely love. What's your experience with Queens of the Stone Age? Well, again, a lot of these experiences are, are one-offs or mm-hmm. like, you know, a little here and a little there. Um, and and I think, I mean, I, I'd, I'd like to hope that I'm going to actually get to uh, see them use an Adamson system sometime in the future. We'll see. Um, but I ended up, they will put, uh, the, the sound provider were putting the E15 on a gig and they had someone flying in to system tech it, mm. and the engineer hadn't used it. And again, it's that comfort factor of, hey, you know, this guy's using it for the first time, or this person's using mixing on it for the first time. They would really feel comfortable if someone from the factory is there. Sure. You know what? No problem. I've always, you know, I grew up listening to Caius and Queens of the Stone Age, so uh, happy to go and do it. And uh, I flew, flew out there, and... Think it was actually in Boston, and it wasn't TD Gardens. It was like a smaller arena around the corner. Uh-huh. And um, I got there and I landed, and I got a text to say that the system engineer wasn't coming in, so I had to go and do it from scratch. And uh-huh. uh, it had been a while since I called points, and I think uh, the IA didn't particularly like my direction, so we ended up being short a few feet on our trim. <laughs> so <laughs> I learned a lot of lessons that day. Yeah, and and I got to see one of my favorite bands and. Uh, Right on. Put it all back in the truck and flew home. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, such is the way of life. I, I, we got to yeah. love them. We got to love them. Um, <clears throat> mentors. You know, we find that uh, mentorship is critically important uh, with some of the younger cats. You know, um, we're very lucky to have some very knowledgeable, really sharp kids. I feel like they're different than when we were coming up. You know, I'm, maybe you're, you're a younger man, but when I was coming up, we were kind of knuckleheads, you know, rock-driven. We really loved the music. You know, maybe we yeah. played a little too hard. Um, but now some of the kids are getting into the game, like Kyle here, my co-host, he's an extraordinarily smart guy. Um, uh, you know, they, they come a little pre-packed, you know, they, they, they've already come with a batch of information and then we try to pair them up with the great prices of the world and the Brad Maddoxes. Have you had mm-hmm. any mentors in your life that have helped you get to where you are now? 
I mean, I wouldn't be anywhere that I am today without mentors. I mean, when I started at university, I think I was like three months in when I figured out that, you know, the guy who looked after all the tech in the music department was the guy running the PA down at the club. Yeah. And I was like, dude, I mean, you're struggling. I can see you need help. Teach me everything. I'll be your protege. And I worked with him for like four years, three or four years. And, you know, a lot of it for no money, just for experience. And he was, you know, a big mentor. And, you know, there's actually a couple of, you know, other guys. There's another guy I worked with at a music shop. And the reason I use this example back in the past, because, you know, this guy, he taught me how to sell in a music shop. Mm. And, uh, Turns out he actually just bought himself a nice less 10 rig for his rental company in uh, wow, cool. Queensland, Australia. So, you know, things come around full circle and uh, yeah. you know, mentorship's important. I mean, even, you know, with, with our applications team at Adamson, we definitely do a lot of peer review of each other's work. You know, we all pull ideas in together and kind of, you know, shoot the shit and find the best ways of, of coming out with the best ideas. Yeah, and, uh, sure. You know, that that collaborative effort is mentorship in its own right. But, you know, mentoring is big, is very big in our industry, I think, and she is very important. Critically important, yeah. It's, um, it's, it's really the way to kind of make the stair-step process work, you know, go from one step to the next is, is you know, kind of on the back of some of the old dudes that have uh, been there, done that. Because I think some of the kids come in, you know, out of the schools and they have a sense kind of a book knowledge of the game. But there's this other game that's going on besides the yeah. technical part of the, 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 you know, the process of being in this business. And, and so I feel like that's where the old guys have you know, the benefits of you know, maybe hanging with some of the old kids that uh, understand the music business in some of the, you know, the, the pitfalls and some of the areas yeah. that can be a little tricky. And that's something that you can only learn from somebody that either knows it or you know, going out and putting in the work. And so that's, yeah, sure. yeah it's, it seems critically It's important. a two-way street, man. Like, <laughs> Absolutely. I, Street. Well, these kids all the time, they, uh, you know, my director over here, Mikey Brown and Kyle here, um, out of nowhere, routinely square up, you know, my idea on a thing. And I think we're always better off, all of us, when we, like you mentioned, what you do at Adamson, where you, you know, you're bringing everybody's brain on it and, and you kind of focus on a situation and come up with the best solution, the best answer. That's critical yeah, in our sure. business. Absolutely. We're really fortunate. Yeah. Uh, I mentioned that you're originally from Australia. You're currently yeah. sitting in Canada. What? That I am now. Now, you know they both speak a form of English. Um, <laughs> uh, what, what, if any, are the major differences say between the lifestyle of uh, Australian living and Canadian living? It's uh, a strange question. I'll give you that right. I off know. The bat. I mean, the, the the weather's the weather's a polar opposite. Yeah. Um, but you know, the heart and soul is very similar. You know, we were both born of the British Empire in uh, some form or another. Sure. Um, we both have very very similar histories in that regard. Uh, I mean, I like it here. I'm not, I as much as I I miss Australia, I miss my family, and I miss uh, the warmer weather. <laughs> I say that because it's freezing. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. You know, like Toronto is is in particular because I you know I live in Toronto is a amazing city based basically because it's a multicultural hot hub yeah, yeah. You know, there's so much going on here there's so many different things you know like um and and to me that speaks volumes you know it's uh and you know i find australia it's become a bit more of a police state uh over the last you know couple of decades so 
you know, some of the things that, you know, illegal here in Canada are a little illegal in Australia. I kind of like it. <laughs> well, you know, I think uh, Australia recently, they might still be in it. I'm not following the, the politics as much as I used to, but I know they had some uh, some very conservative leaders for a minute there, and then they... Some, oh, no, that's, that's not changing anytime soon. Really? Is it is it kind of the nature of the, the, the continent to roll like that? I, I think so. I think at this point in time. But again, you know, like I've been... I've been here on and off since '07, so I mean, it, it feels like it doesn't really feel like home, but it de- but it does. So yeah, yeah, I like your prime minister. He seems like a nice, level-headed fellow. He is. Yeah. He pranked us for uh, April Fool's Day. What did he do? Oh, he, he put out a press release saying he shaved off his beard, and we're all like, "But where's the information about the vaccine?" And then he was like, "Actually, it's a prank." Uh, <laughs> this is a young buck. He's got. <laughs> <laughs> the guys wanted me to do some kind of April Fool's thing too, and I thought, yeah, not then. I don't, I don't really know how to do that. <laughs> <laughs> we actually, we actually found two manufacturers do the same April Fool's joke. I won't name any names, but uh, we were going joke? through all. Yeah, they they made the same joke about the same uh, delay processor, pre-delay processor. Oh, oh, yeah, that's funny. Yeah, yeah well, great minds, I guess, think very much yeah. alike. <laughs> you used to uh, work for, uh, let me, help me with this, is it Timber Timber? Timber Timber, yeah. Mm-hmm. What was that um, about? He, he's an interesting character, um, and I think he's kind of disappeared a little bit uh, just due to some personal reasons, but uh, there, they, there was this band that kind of showed up that had a song on uh, Breaking Bad. Oh, sure. And uh, I don't know if you remember the scene with the uh, pizzas on the roof, if you've watched it at all. I definitely watched yeah. the whole thing. I, I Yeah, yeah. there's a scene where there's like an airplane crash or something. And that I just remember this scene with like a pizza falling on the roof of their house. And I was like, that song sounds really familiar. And then I was like, oh, right. That's this band that had been supporting us on the Broken Social Scene run. Right. So I'd, I'd met them through that. And, um, you know, I really, really liked the music he was making and Kind of for a little bit was able to play the fourth band member from front of house, and uh, you know it, it was interesting for me because it was the first time I ever carried a console on tour, uh, first time I did a little bit of tour management, and, you know, first time you know driving across America chasing a tour bus yeah. in a van. Mm-hmm. That was fun. Yeah, super fun. So yeah, yeah, a lot of good experiences there. But again, you know, when you like the music and you get the opportunity to mix for a band that you're able to be part of, you listen to the records a lot, and you can you know shape what you're doing yeah, to match what they're doing and yeah. you know a good bunch of friends at the end of the day well, that's, it sounds like a good experience I've often thought that uh, when the relationship is right with the front of house guy and the band there is a kind of a fifth member vibe going on there you know it, definitely it, you know the band could be not having their greatest night and you can kind of support them a little bit from out at the board mm-hmm. and make some magic happen even if the magic's not necessarily peeling right off the stage and, and of course, I can go the other way too. But that's it, it's that comfort factor. It's just kind of it, it's that comfort factor. I think was the big, biggest lesson that I learned. Yeah. And, and you know, you take it from whether you're mixing monitors, front of house, or in the job that I am in now, where I'm doing these applications, gigs, where I'm going out and supporting engineers. You know, I'm I'm the front of house guy for the front of house guy. Right. In some regards, you know, I'm there to make sure that you have a good day, even if I'm having a shitty day. That doesn't matter. No. You know, like the same with the bands. It, you know, you do monitors, you're there not to make sure that they sound good on stage because if band sucks, they're going to suck through their wedges. That's right. You're there to make sure that they're comfortable. 
That's yeah, and that was the biggest thing for me for Broken Social Scene and Timber Tambo and any band that I've ever worked for. It's like, you're not there to... And, and you know, that's how I got the Timber Tambo gig. I walked down to them on stage at the first gig I did with them in London. <clears throat> and I was like, look, man, I'm not here to mix front of house. I will go and push those faders all you want. I'll have fun doing it. But there's no point in me standing out there if you're not comfortable up on stage. So let's spend... The first sound check we ever did together yeah. on stage, making sure that you're comfortable, you hear everything, you're in your zone. Because right. it's going to make front of house just a walk in the park, you know. It's just put yeah. the faders up at zero and just kind of sit there and monitor it. Yeah, it's really true. Yeah. yeah, good point. That's a good point. Now, I know you're in Canada and, you know, all the countries are kind of dealing with this current uh, problem, uh, universal problem and a slightly different approach. And so you might have a unique answer for this question uh, compared to many others that we've asked. And I haven't asked this question in a minute because we, we just pulled it out of the lineup. But I feel like reaching to you in an international kind of context uh, with your vast experience, your long time in the game and kind of the, the international nature of the work you do. Uh, what do you think the future holds for our industry? I mean, that changes for me on the day of the week. <laughs> See, yeah, I know. You know, it's been it's been a rough one this week. Again, I was mentioning that we've uh, entered the third lockdown here in uh, Ontario, the province that we're in. Yeah. Um, I, I mean, I see us returning to work. I see us uh, coming back in stages, and I think that's the right thing to do. Sure. Um, you know, the one thing that you know, there's a lot of positives that we have to look at. You know, to keep ourselves going, and the one thing that I keep saying to a lot of customers because I deal a lot of people around the world is that this gives all of the local markets, the opportunity to become their own, you know, because we may not all be able to travel internationally like we were able to, you know, 18, 20 months ago. Sure. But that means that local musicians get a chance now to be the stars on their stage. So, for example, um, you know, Australia, again, I talked to a lot of buddies back there, you know, they're back to doing shows and they're doing shows with lo only local bands. They don't see. They won't see any international bands sitting there until probably like June. <clears throat> I think. I think Kiss. I think we're stated as the first band going down there. I can't remember. There, there was a press release. Yeah. But you know, they they've always had a really strong music scene. You know, very self-supporting. Sure. And you know, Canada's the same here. Uh, the U.S. is obviously uh, you know a tour de force of you know talent and bands and stuff like that. So we'll see all of these local countries start to build up. So. I look at this from speaker sales perspectives. It's good for me because we're going to start to see a lot of <laughs> a lot of venues opening up. Hopefully, when you know, as countries start to get back to some kind of normalcy, uh, and a lot of local shows. So, you know, I think we're going to see an influx of you know creativity and, and music happening. And um, I think the biggest thing, uh, you know, and I say this because I got young kids, is uh, appealing to the YouTube generation that live shows are a lot of fun. Yeah, we have a little bit of education to do uh, to our youngins to to remind them that you know when we get out of this, we're all going to go and see some bands and going to have a lot of fun doing it. <laughs> well, well, you know, it's an interesting point you make about the education part of the youngins. Um, <clears throat> you know, I've heard a lot of different answers to this question. Uh, very, very varied answers, and I think one thing that we probably seems like it sounds right to me is there's going to be some part of the population the concert going population that might not feel comfortable for a minute and so they may stick with the live stuff they see on or the 
semi-live stuff they yeah. see on YouTube. But I imagine 80% of our audience will come back pretty rapidly. <clears throat> and, and it is a little bit of our obligation to the scene to, as parents, people with young people yeah. in our lives, to and express to them in, a, in some way that they could easily understand that there is no way to replace the live music experience. There, there's no other way but no. to do go to a show and experience that feeling and, and that special kind of connection that can happen with you know music coming at you at 107 and you know SPL and your face is peeling back just a little bit and you're mushing up against people and kind of swaying in that movement and um, yeah. it's it's kind of. Uh, it's it's a very special experience, and I, I really can't wait for it to get back and going. And, you know, again, I think Adamson's one of the best. You know, I'm a fan of a couple manufacturers, but Adamson's right up there at the top with the, with the, some of you know, the Anya stuff and the stuff that we highly support. I really love what you guys do. I very much appreciate you coming out and spending some time with us. We apologize for the technical weirdness at the, <laughs> at the beginning, but you, you showed your uh, that ever present patience that you're, you're famous for and uh, it was a great treat to have you on we really really appreciate it especially we know you're you're about at 11 o'clock in where you're at right now huh oh this is still early man i'm probably gonna work for another couple hours good man good <laughs> man hey, that's adhd you always got like five things yeah. going on so good for you it was a great treat to see you my brother uh when we get yeah, likewise, when you, you. i nipsed you buddy i want you to get that shot so we can get you back in america so because i'm going to break something on one of my adamson systems just so i can <laughs> <laughs> so I get you back in the house and we have a you know a nice pizza pizza party and hang out with friends it would be great no way man you keep, you keep care of yourself. Be, be good. Thank you so much for coming on. It was great to see you. Take care, brother. Yes, mate. All right, pal. Well, that was exciting. I love this guy. He's really one of the nicest guys in the game. Sweetheart of a man. And Amazing story. Yeah, he's just a great cat. And, and, and I can't say this enough about Adamson. They're, they're extraordinary loudspeaker company. Some of the best gear in the gig, in the, in the game. And they're just absolutely wonderful. And he's a great... Uh, He's a great steward of the product and the, you know, uh, uh, ambassador for Adamson, and he, he really does travel the world. Um, so we were very lucky to have him on this evening. Um, next week, we've got the wonderful, now, <laughs> your teacher's coming here, buddy. Who that? Jimmy Lyons. Oh, we're going to have the great Jimmy Lyons. Gentleman. Now, the guy we're having in next week, <clears throat> listen, I got, you know, everybody knows I got a little bias towards the schools. I'm not a big fan, but there's a sweetheart of a man that's worked for me that's, I've, I've asked him to do many things. He's never told me no. There's nothing he could never not do Dude, that we put in front of him. And he's he is he's got the look of a rock star. I mean, there's just the way he rolls. This is, Jimmy Lyons is a special cat. He is one of my favorite people. We called it the Boston Strut. Dude, he is a badass. Wait, you guys are going to see for yourself next week. He is a sweetheart of a man. He's extraordinarily well versed in the game. He's taught at Expressions. He taught both uh, uh, Kyle Thomas, my dear my co-host, and Mikey Brown, and many others in my show. I think he had Rama. I think he had Drew. Yeah, I mean, this is a long list. And he's an extraordinary cat. He's going to come in here and he's going to tell me why uh, these tech schools are a good thing and what I'm getting wrong on that. And 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 I and I I'm willing to be schooled on this. I want to I want to know what it is I'm missing. And he's going to come in. and He's going to extol the virtues of SAE and full sale and all these that are flashing the pan jerk off. Um, so, <laughs> but but, Jim, but if anybody could do it, seriously now, I mean this now, seriously. 
Jimmy Lyons. Jimmy comes in here and he sits right there and he makes it make sense. I'm gonna have I'm gonna be changed on this whole subject. We'll see. Well, we'll I'm gonna see. give it a shot. I'm I'm open to it. I swear to God, now I'm open to this. I I want to hear what I'm missing. It's it's you know what it is. It's nothing against the, the, themselves. It's some of the knuckleheads that have rolled through here that have you know tried to tell me how wonderful they are, and then I get to walk them around by the hand for the first two years to try to get them to know what the fuck heck we're doing. See, I'm trying to be better with the cussing. Filter. Uh, yeah, I'm not, not Filter doing that great, it. but I am trying. I want to send a shout-out to our our, uh, our loyal fans, our, our audience, let's call them. Uh, my my beautiful wife, uh, Pat O'Doul, John Del Rio. See, John Clint. got it. It was April Fool's joke. Don't even worry. Clint, Clint <laughs> Lee. Um, you know, all you guys, thanks for being patient with us tonight. It went a little haywire, but, you know, this is a live show, and the shit's going to happen. If you like what we're doing, please hit the algorithms for us. Uh, hit subscribe and like on YouTube. And uh, we'll have Jimmy Lyons for you next week, Thursday, 7 p.m. And you please come and check us out. We'll promise to do a run-through and make sure all the technology is working right so we can have a proper from beginning to end show until then be kind to each other take care thank you